What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wooden. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Oh. Gene, Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From eating 12 grapes at the stroke of midnight to enjoying ponche, champurrado, or buñuelos, it's almost the new year. Today's episode is all about Latin American holiday traditions. Let's go. My name is Eva Longoria. And I am Maite Gomez-Rejon. And welcome to... Hungry for History, a podcast that explores our past and present through food. On every episode, we'll talk about the history of some of our favorite dishes, ingredients, and beverages. So make yourself at home. Y buen provecho. Well, where are we? We're opening up a little bubbly in the north of Spain. Yes. We are in the north of Spain in a tiny town. Only Maite comes and meets me. In these tiny villages. Like the most remote places. <laughs> like, I'm going to be in the middle of nowhere. I'm coming. We're in Catalonia, <laughs> in a town called Peralada, which is one of the few medieval towns, historic medieval towns. If you walk up here, you'll see the church and the, it's castle. So, the castle. There's a castle. But Peralada is north. It, we're right on the border. We're in France, basically. We're very close to France. <laughs> yes. And the s- sparkling wine here is called... Cava. Oh, God, I don't know if I can open this. <laughs> My effort gotta- that you guys are hearing is me trying to open a bottle of <laughs> cava. Should I shake it? No, don't shake it. <laughs> That's like a disaster. Here, let me try it. Oh, God. Ah, yay! yay! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Happy it's New Year. Party. Oh, my gosh, it looks beautiful. Listen to that. The bubbles. bubbles. It does look beautiful. I'm wondering. This is from Peralada. This is from here, yes. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Salud. Salud. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Mm. Well, this is very Mm. fitting because we're doing the Hungry for History holiday episode. So we're talking about Latin American holiday traditions. There's so many. Did you have any New Year's traditions? No. Well... I mean, we sometimes did the 12 grapes, which is very Spanish, mm-hmm. but like not consistently. Mm-hmm. I grew up on a ranch, and so our tradition was fireworks. If you go in South Texas, it's like you can't miss a fireworks stand. Fireworks, sparklers, mass, midnight mass. On New Year's? Yeah, Christmas and New Year's. We used to go on New Year. I mean, on Christmas. Christmas yeah. Eve. Yep, Christmas Eve. We used to go to mass and then have dinner. Mm-hmm. Chris after, mm-hmm. and then Christmas Day was like Santa Claus presents and just be in pajamas all day. It was the gringo days. Christmas. Day. <laughs> that was Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. No, we were yeah. Christmas Eve. You, Christmas yeah, Eve. we were Christmas Eve 
celebrators. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess all, all of our traditions are rooted in Catholicism. I feel like now looking back. Us too. But Jesus, for- baby, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the reason for this season. Jesus is the reason for this champagne, this yes. cava. Let's talk about these 12 grapes at midnight, which is supposed to help you with luck in the new year. That's my favorite. That's You did the, the 12 grapes? Always. And I still Where do did the 12 that come grapes. From? Okay. So the 12 grapes is, like you said, it's a Spanish tradition, eating the 12 grapes at Christmas. So it's basically at the stroke of midnight. So each, you know, bing, strike, bing, bing, you have to eat bing, a grape. Each, each second. Each second. Which you can drown. But I have always, I've never done it. Have you done it? I try really hard, but it's like people are, you know, kissing and hugging and I'm just like shoving these grapes in my mouth. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's so it's much so, water. It's you a lot. cannot possibly eat 12 grapes in 12 seconds. I challenge you people to eat 12 grapes Twelve at one a set one per second. One go, per second. Go, go it's go. hard. I'm by by six, I'm I'm ch- I'm drowning. Yeah. In, in grape juice because it's too much. It's too and, much. And and, and 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 not just eating them. Each one you have to have an intention. Oh my for god. Each grape. This is work. It's so stressful. It's very stressful. But why did the Spaniards do it? Where does well, this come from? It comes back. They've been doing it since the end of the 19th century. This is the tradition. So each grape represents a month of the upcoming year. So you make a wish, mm-hmm. sort of it's with intention. Mm-hmm. And if you don't eat all the grapes, you might have misfortune in the new year. Oh, well, right? great. So Thanks. Thanks <laughs> but, a lot. That's why sometimes I don't even attempt it because I'm like, I'm not- You're superstitious. I'm, I'm not I'm even going to attempt to not have bad luck because <laughs> yeah. I didn't do the grapes. I'm just not doing the grapes. <laughs> or sometimes when I don't eat them, I'm like, oh, this is good luck. It's good fortune because I only ate four grapes or something like that. Um, Oh, but there's also a common marketing story. I feel like all traditions have marketing roots. Yes. So what happened in Alicante, Spain? In Alicante, Spain. In 1909. There was a bountiful harvest. Of grapes. Of grapes. And so the farmers or the farm owners or whoever, they needed a creative way to sell them. They needed to sell the bountiful harvest. So they created this silly holiday tradition called uvas, uvas de, la, de suerte. la suerte. Uvas de la suerte. But the tradition had had, you know, happened before and may have developed in Madrid, you know, in the years before. And I, I read some place that maybe the, the madrileños, the bourgeoisie were trying to emulate the French, you know, mm. drinking champagne and doing the, but who knows? But the thing who is, knows? 1909, Bountiful Harvest in Alicante, Spain, yeah. was trying to figure out, so they came up with this tradition of uvas de la suerte. I didn't know that 80% of the lucky grapes come from Alicante. I've been, to, have you been to Alicante? No, I've, I've never been. been. I've been to Alicante. They, it's on the beach, it's on the water. It's beautiful, beautiful beach town. It reminds me of Corpus Christi. Really? And that's the grape variety that's called Aledo, and it matures late, and it isn't harvested until November or December. So these grapes are the ones that they use for most of the country. Yes. Well, and they're, they're huge, by the way. They're are not, they huge grapes? They're not small. I was imagining them tiny little grapes. I, you would think they're like blueberries? No. No. They're like big old olives, like big, big, those big oversized olives. That's how big they are. Oh, but wow. But they, they're protected by a origin denomination? Yes. They're protected no. because they're part. They're such a part of this tradition. I have no idea. And these grapes, before they ripen, they're covered with paper bags, mm. so it keeps their skin really, really tender. 
because they don't have to fight against, you know, rain or wind or anything like that or Ah. to protect themselves. So they're very, very delicate. One thing that I did grow up doing or participating in was, was posadas. You did? Yeah, posadas were a big thing. No, but is that about the Catholic Church? Of a hundred percent. That is like the grapes are not. The grapes are like marketing, right? The, the yeah. grapes are like the twelve grapes at midnight, make a wish, whatever. Yeah. First of all, the holiday season in Latin America is like Guadalupe Reyes, right? So December twelfth is the birth of the Virgin of Guadalupe to January sixth, the three kings. So that Guadalupe Reyes is what it's called. Is the holiday season, season. for much of Latin America? Mm-hmm. The posadas begin on December 16th, and it's the days leading up to the birth of Jesus. Okay. And a posada is basically people dress up. Did you guys do this? Like dress up like Mary and Joseph? Yes, and, yes and they- I do recall. Now, now that you say that, I think I was a sheep. <laughs> I, I wasn't any of the main characters. I think I was sheep a, a sheep or uh, something laying in the manger. Yeah. That, that's ringing a bell. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you go, it's, it's this whole procession going from house to house looking for posada, which means shelter. Because the, it's symbolizing the journey of Mary and Joseph when they were turned down on the night of Christ's birth mm-hmm. until one innkeeper made room for them in a manger. Mm-hmm. So that's what the whole posada is representing. Right. You're reenacting this posada. I didn't grow up with posadas, but in Laredo, one of my dearest friends used to have an annual posada. This is like not that long ago, but it was the most fun because it's a community, yeah, it's a family, you know, party. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun. Yeah. But it so, started a long time ago. It started pretty early. Like 1586 is apparently the earliest posada in, in Mexico. But it comes from a pre-colonial festival. The sun god, Huitzilopochtli, is said to have been born in the month of December. So like many of these, you know, traditions, there are parallels between native celebrations and the Christmas celebration. So it's Mm. the sort of joining of these two, you know, Right. Well, there's a merging of these indigenous religions, I guess. Well, they weren't religions. Indigenous Mm. cultures. Yeah, you can even call it religion, mythology. I mean, it's- yeah. It's, it's all the same idea. Same, yeah, it's all in a, they're all concepts. Concepts. Yeah, exactly. So the the the, the indigenous concepts really merged and and kind of creating a fusion with Christianity, and then then the posadas born, right? Or or the solstice festival and the winter solstice is now turned into you know. A, a celebration at Christmas of Lent, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're like, wait, what is happening? Exactly. There's such a merging of it ideas. Because the original, the 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 native stories were grounded in in the earth, right? In, yeah. in the in the in agriculture, mm-hmm. and it just kind of became something else. Yeah. So it was a, it was a good way, I think, to convert native populations all over the world, really, to yeah. Christianity equating it with what was understandable. We can't talk about holiday traditions without talking about the food. That's after the break. Don't go anywhere. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. 
That's why I make sure to empower my community because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was we'll it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Food plays a huge part when we're celebrating the new year. Did you have the ponche de Navidad in, in the posada? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I had ponche, tamales, chapurrado, buñuelos. Mm, I had all buñuelos. of these things. I love buñuelos. And why do we always, why do we only have buñuelos at Christmas? That is a crime. That's a crime. <laughs> They're so good. Crime. And I They're do it. So I'm like, good. don't make them. It's June. Don't make them. But we should make them year round. I know. They also- feel like a bit of a churro. They are. It's so the they're same from idea. Spain? Are they from Spain? Originally, yeah. Okay. They're, they're, they're basically floured, you know, fried. Sometimes they're like a flat, like a tortilla. Yeah, which like is a tor- the ones I, that I, I just had. make my tortillas and I fry them. And you just add sugar and cinnamon. And cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. That for me, that's a buñuelo. There's some people that make them like on their on the knee, like on a bare knee. What do you mean? Rolls them, yeah. Rolls it out on her knee? Rolls it out on, on her, her knee. leg. On her leg. On her knee. Yeah. So that it sort of you know, shaped like this circle uh-huh. and you could get it really, 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 really paper thin. I need to see a video of this. And then I, fried and then the cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. It's the same concept of the tortilla, yeah. but it's different because it's thinner. But then there are also some that are more like donuts. So they're different, like a more like a churro. Okay. So it does have its roots in Spain. It does. Okay. Yeah. And some of them are, are flavored with anise which came, you know, from Spain when it was under Moorish rule. So there are different concepts, but yes, they definitely come from Spain. Tamales, we have a whole episode on tamales that really, for me, I only eat at Christmas as well. Yeah. And that's a very big holiday tradition. The whole process of making them is a family tradition because usually everybody's home, Mm -hmm. everybody's there. We have the hands (laughs) that needed to do it so labor intensive. So tamales are super 
traditional for me. Right. You didn't do tamales. We didn't do tamales growing up. Eat them, yes, but not make them. They're not good if you don't make them. You can't, I mean, when you buy them. Not buy, well- we were, or they were gifted yeah. to us. Yes, like that's by like definitely, homemade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the lady down a, the street. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My dad was a doctor, so his patients used to give him like oh, yeah. empanadas, buñuelos, oh, yeah. cookies, yeah. tamales. So it was like, ah, oh, and, and everybody was home. Yeah. Everybody was home to eat all of these things. And then, it's so funny. I didn't grow up with champurrado, but I have it now that I'm in Mexico. Do you like it? Um, it's okay. It's the chocolate atole. I'm not a fan of atole. So atole is a masa-based... Mexican, Central American hot drink. It's like water or milk mixed with the masa. And then in the case of champurrado, you mix in chocolate. So it acts like as a as a thickening agent and it, it, it tastes ancient. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's heavy. It's like a meal. It's, yeah, it's like um, cream of wheat. I mean. it, it, exactly. <laughs> it's, it has that same consistency. It's very thick. thick. I had... In Michoacán, when I was there recently, I had an atole. We were sitting outside in some street, like outside of a church, in a, there was a street vendor, mm-hmm. and it was packed. So I was like, okay, we have to eat there or whatever. Yeah. And we had the corundas, these tamales that were stuffed with like a cottage cheese kind of thing. And atole, and I was with my mom, and she's like, oh, let's get an atole. I was like, how? Oh, I don't know. I was just eating tamale. Like, I just ate a tamale. Like, I'm yeah, not yeah. And it was cinnamon. So okay. it tasted like horchata. Oh, yeah. But it that was, an, it was yeah. so delicious. Yeah, so you had corn with corn. <laughs> yeah, and then I didn't eat until the next day. You had corn to eat and corn to drink. <laughs> corn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing I did not have growing up, but I have now in Mexico City, because my, uh, my husband's uh, family eats it a lot, is bacalao. Bacalao is every, that's what we had every Christmas. Never had it. I never had it. You never had it. It's fish. It's fish. Yes. Yeah. No, thank you. Really? I mean, it's it's cod, first of all. I don't like cod. I'm My not. My husband a fan doesn't of cod. like cod either. Yeah. I'm like, it's Christmas. You yeah. have to have So it's you have to. salted cod with garlic and tomato broth. I love it. You do. I love it. It has all the sh- all the stuff I like. I like capers and olives and potatoes, but I don't know. So you used to have, tell me how you, every who made year, it? Every year, every year. And you're, I make it You know it what? Now. You're much more Mexican than I am. That's why. You're, you're first, second generation? I'm first generation. Yeah. But yeah, we grew up salt cod, buy the pieces of the salt cod, put them in water, and then cook it mm-hmm. with, you know, fr- oh, I can smell it. <laughs> the, so the, can I. The olive oil and the garlic <sighs> and then the pieces of the cod with the tomato and uh-huh. the potato and Olives and manzanilla, olives that have the little- uh, Red in the middle. The, the little red. So delicious. That was always, so we would have that. And then another part of my family, on my dad's side of the family, they would have make bacalao uh-huh. and serve it with black beans and with pasta with rajas. Okay. And my mom was like horrified. Like, how dare they yeah. serve this bacalao- with beans. Like yeah. it was like, no, you serve it with bread or salad or, you know, something like that. But always. And I, I make it. it every year. I like, never had it. Oh, it's I never so had good. It. Like the food, mm-hmm. when I think of the holidays. That's the one. That's the one. Well, in Mexico, that's the one. Like you can't have a Christmas holiday. I'm like, where's the turkey? Where's the ham? And they're like, here's bacalao. And yeah. I'm like, I cannot have fish on Christmas. I don't know why. That's interesting because we we had this and we had ham also. Those were the two. This things. and ham? This you didn't have ham. turkey? 
We never had turkey. Oh, interesting. We, we never had turkey. turkey. We it was basically Thanksgiving repeat. Right. Thanksgiving 2.0 is Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> we never, we never had. We had the ham. I love the ham. A ham the we left, had. Leftover bacalao, the yeah. recalentados or uh-huh. reheated bacalao. There's nothing better in the nothing world. Nothing better in the world. Mm. Nothing better in the world. So, what's ensalada de Navidad? What is this? I don't. I don't remember this. I have never actually had ensalada de Navidad. But I'm fascinated by it. Oh, I have. You have had it? Yes, I have. Now I see it. It's a salad that has carrots, lettuce, beets, raisins <gasps> that do not belong there. <laughs> Almonds, banana, apple, jicama, peanuts, oranges, olive. This is like, what do I have in the pantry? And I'm going to throw it all together. And I feel like it's mixed with um, mayonnaise. I or, think so. I think yes, some, and I think it's a- this, I know this one and I do not like it. Ensalada Nochebuena. Yeah. It's no. a very classic Christmas salad. I've actually have come across it in cookbooks, so like historic cookbooks. The first cookbook published in Mexico was published in 1831, Cocinero Mexicano. It's in that no. recipe. It's it, a recipes in that. It's all old world ingredients except for jicama and peanuts that are new world. But yeah. it's very unusual. I've never actually had it, seen it, been anywhere where it's been served. But it's a very classic salad that appears. Yeah, I, I have seen it, and I did you I have pass it, it growing up? Or I don't did? know. I, I, it was on the table. I remember it on the table because I remember carrots in it, carrots okay. and raisins, and like I'm like, wait, what? Carrots and raisins and mayonnaise? Like, <laughs> oh my! Oh, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, thank you. But I no, did no, have no. ponche. Ponche, ponche is so good. What is ponche and where does the word come from? That is happening after the break. Don't go anywhere. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the My Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and last hour on the business. I understand now, it's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. 
But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk about Hangover City. Because of the sugar. The amount of sugar in Bonche. My husband loves this. He makes me make it for him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more Mexican than it is Texican. But it's this like punch it's punch, ponche, punch, punch, and it has yeah. fruits and these spices, a lot of sugar. Sometimes it has milk or eggs. I don't, I don't put milk or eggs, but Mm-mm, definitely has a lot of alcohol I. and it's served at this, it's, you know, it's, it's pirate's punch, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's what you had at your fraternity <laughs> with just a little, a little extra cinnamon or spices. I yeah. don't know, a little bit of clove to make it holiday But it, I, I, I like it because it's a little citrusy. I like the spices. I, you just can't have a lot. You can't have a lot. It's, get, it's, it's hangover hardcore. city. But it where really did this is. originate from? Well, the ponche, punch, has a long history mm-hmm. even before it made its way to, to Mexico as, as ponche, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's thought to be the world's earliest cocktail. Like the oh. first cocktail is a ponche. What every cocktail comes from, the punch. Okay. So the punch is... It's basically a balance between a spirit, uh-huh. right? Some sort of whatever alcohol. it is, some rum alcohol. or mm-hmm. tequila, whatever it is that you're using. Citrus, some sort of a spice, some sort of sweetness, and then some sort of liquid. But the word punch is said to have originated from the Hindi bak, which means five. So in reference to the supposed number of ingredients in the in the original drink. So mm-hmm. this is the theory, right? So the ingredients would have been, again, an alcohol, a citrus, a sugar, you know, spices. It you know, does for me feel Indian origin from India. Uh-huh. It feels like because of the clove and maybe allspice and anise, like it's not surprising it has a Hindu Origin. Origin because of, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the cinnamon or whatever, you know, spices. And you know, oh, I now remember because in India, or actually in back in the day, spirits weren't as refined as they are today. So they had to like hide the horrible taste of whatever alcohol you were using. Right. So they had to add sugar and they had to add spices and they had to like cover. Citrus. Cover the horrible taste of the alcohol. And that's where this punch was born. And it was also to help British sailors survive scurvy because of the citrus it would how would it help scurvy vitamin c oh. it wasn't the alcohol it was it was the citrus but it's like hey you know let's drink some rum but it was the citrus in this that helped them you know. and it was expensive back in the day it was expensive and like punch bowls uh-huh this was Wow, if you had a punch bowl, you've made it. You I had, remember would, we had a punch bowl. Did you really? I mean, like a one that was handed down. Wow. Yeah, we had a like very- Like a porcelain punch like, bowl? No, it's a glass, crystal. Oh, we oh, had a crystal oh. punch bowl with the with the glasses attached to it. Oh, it the was, ones that hang on the- Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yes. And, and it, did you use it for ponche during yes, the holidays? that's what we used it for ponche because this, this was like, it, back in the day, super rich people commissioned- 
punch bowls. Yeah. I think we bought ours from Sears. Um, <laughs> but it was, I remember it feeling very formal. Yeah. I mean, things that you use once a year, that's <sighs> special. You know, that's like super, super formal. So these this ponche was brought to Mexico during the colonial period and then adapted with, with seasonal fruits or the fruits that were available. Exactly. So the citrus that was available in Mexico ended up replacing whatever they used in Britain and India and Europe. Exactly. Ponche for me was our eggnog. We weren't eggnog people. I'm an eggnog person now. I love eggnog. I don't love eggnog. Oh, I love eggnog. I, li- I like it okay. We used to have we used to have eggnog as well. Yeah. Where I does remember- eggnog come from? It's also European, but the the eggnog that we have Sort yeah. of in Mexico, the yellow one. Yeah. That's very Mexican. Okay. Because the, the European eggnog has egg white, so it's a little bit lighter in uh-huh. color. Uh-huh. But it's a it's a colonial vice regal. We talked about the vice regal period in our candy episode. It's the nuns that were making, you know, this boozy eggnog? boozy egg, you know, drink to sell. Oh, to, I was going to say to drink? To drink. And also, you know- <laughs> The nuns to, were drinking yeah, this boozy egg? <laughs> the, the nuns were drinking and they were also selling this rompope. And it started in the 17th century with the nuns Santa Clara convent in, in Puebla. Uh-huh. And it's basically Mexican eggnog. It's milk, it's egg yolks, it's spices, it's sugar, and it's, you know, rum or tequila or whatever booze you want to add to it. Yeah. But according to the legend, there was a, a nun, Sister Eduviges, mm-hmm. and she lobbied that nuns were allowed to drink their finished product. Mm. So, yeah. And so apparently her rompope had a secret ingredient that we have no idea what it was. She took it to her grave. But it's a, it's a thing. We used to have, we, we never used to, I've actually made it before and mm-hmm. it's delicious. But my mom used to buy the the brand, I think it's called Santa Clara. It's a, it's a bottle, yellow. Yeah. And it has a little nun on the cover. And okay. when we were little, we used to have like a little... Like little shot glasses. I look, because it's alcoholic. Yeah. It's alcoholic, so you just give it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we used to have the eggnog from H-E-B. Like just the- we used to have that too. <laughs> the H-E-B Borden or whatever yes, it is. Yes, the Borden eggnog. Yeah. That was um, always But no, we had ponche more than eggnog. Because I feel like eggnog was a, a American thing. But it's not. I know. But it's not. But the ponche I used to have with my friend when she used to have her posadas, uh-huh. and I loved. But yeah. It, yeah, but it, it, it's dangerous. Um, it's dangerous. Did you did you have tejo tejocote? Tejocote is one of the fruits that's in the. So ponche made its way to Mexico during the colonial period, mm-hmm. and it was of course they're using the the fruits that are local. So the Mexican ponche has tejocote, which is a native fruit. Have you ever seen it? It's like a little round. Yeah, I've had it. It's good. It's yeah. kind of mealy. No, but I've had this this this, this drink. This, this drink. Yeah. So it's sort of sweet and tart. It doesn't taste good raw, but when it's cooked and it has all this pectin, yeah. So it just gives everything a really delicious. Yeah. But I, I don't have it at Christmas time. I usually is it a Day of the Dead thing? Yeah. 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 You see it in Day of the Dead it altars yeah. a lot. They look like tiny little apples. Yeah. They're very fragrant. So it has that. Also guayaba. Which or guava, which yeah. is a fruit that's yeah, native guava. to Mexico, has been around for at yeah. least Yeah, Jamaica, Jamaica's, but Jamaica's, that's year round. That's not holiday. Jamaica's year round, yeah. yeah. And that's not native. 
That's yeah, from yeah. Africa. And uh, then the piloncillo, your piloncillo, favorite. Piloncillo, my favorite. <laughs> which is this that. like unrefined sugar cane. Yeah. Coquito. I love I've coquito. had coquito, but I but this is a Caribbean thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's a Puerto Rican thing. Yeah, it's a cousin coquito. to eggnog. Yes. Somebody's brought me coquito like at a celebration at my house. They, like Puerto Ricans have brought it to my house. And I'm it's like, so whoa, good. I love it. Is it rum? Is that the alcohol? It's rum. Mm-hmm. It's evaporated milk. It's condensed milk. I love condensed milk. Me too. Oh, love it. I, I, you can poison me with <laughs> condensed milk. It's so good. We used to have, did you ever have after school, the little tiny le- la lechera, the little yes, tiny Yes, I did. It was like an after school treat. Yeah, cinnamon nutmeg. It's delicious. I don't know the origin of that. It's sort of unknown origin. You know, some people say, yes, it's only evaporated milk and condensed milk. Oh, and also coconut milk. So they're different recipes. Some people have, add egg, you know, some don't. But the holiday tradition in, in Puerto Rico, it starts during Thanksgiving and it goes all the way to Three Kings. Oh. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit longer than ours. Although you could say that the holiday for us starts at Thanksgiving as well. And then, of course, there's the Rosca de Reyes, the Three Kings crown. That sort of wraps up. A Rosca de Reyes. That's the circular bread. That's the circular bread. bread that represents the crown of the of the Three Kings. Yes. And this is something that's not just Mexico. This is something that's... Yeah, they do it in France. They do it in... Yeah, all over Latin America. Everywhere. They do it in... Spain. In Spain and France. But that is my favorite. Having the Rosca de Reyes, which sort of wraps up the holiday season. I always wait until after. Reyes to put down the Christmas tree. So that's sort of the, the last day. Rosca, mm-hmm. hot chocolate, tamales. Mm-hmm. The tamal part is very much the Mexican part of it. But the rosca is something that's celebrated all over Latin America, Caribbean, South America, Mexico, everywhere. We hope you have a great new year. Thank you for spending time with us. See you in 2023. Hungry for History is an unbelievable entertainment production in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more of your favorite shows, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.